0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God. My title, my message this morning is Believe Leave. And be baptized. Believe and be baptized. And if you'll notice the life and ministry of Jesus, the first thing that you'll discover is before he set out to do any public ministry, he was baptized in water by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. And he did this so that he would fulfill all that is right according to him. Well, the last thing that he did before he departed to go back to heaven and be with the Father was talked to his disciples and told them, you go into all the world, you make disciples or disciplined students of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and then teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So you could say in the beginning of his ministry, he starts being baptized in water. At the end of his ministry, he emphasizes the importance of Teaching, being baptized, and proclaiming the truth to the people groups of the world, all nations of the world. So, would you agree with me that apparently water baptism is important to God? I would say so, wouldn't you? So, this morning, just a few questions that I'm going to answer this morning about water baptism that will enlighten all of us to help us better understand what it's all about. So, question number one What is water baptism? What is it? Well, first of all, it's one of the two ordinances of the church. Jesus, of course, commanded us to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is one, but then also to baptize in water, which is number two. So in answer to the question, what is water baptism? It's an ordinance, a law or a decree mandated to us by God. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age of the world. Amen. So that is an ordinance. And whenever a king or a lord gives a decree or an ordinance, it needs to be observed. In other words, we're to obey the command. But then secondly, not only is it an ordinance, but it's an act of obedience. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 3, this is the baptism of Jesus, beginning at verse uh, 13 through 15. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him, but John forbade him, saying... I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness that he suffered him. In other words, it's important that we do all that is right. This is the right thing to do. And sometimes when people think about water baptism, well, I don't really need to do that. I'm, I'm a Christian. You know, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Well, I understand that. But notice what Jesus said. It's, it's right for me. Now remember, John said, I need to be baptized by you. And you want me to baptize you? He said, look, it's the right thing to do. So everyone needs to do the right thing. But then also, it's an act that pleases God. It's an act that pleases God. Look at the next few verses. Verses uh, 15, 16 and 17. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So also it is an act that pleases God. And I always tell this to our candidates. You come up out of that water. You've done something very pleasing to your Heavenly Father. Obviously it must be an act of faith because faith is what pleases God and so he's pleased with the fact that you made a decision to publicly announce to other people that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and not only here upon the earth but I guarantee you all the hosts of darkness found out that you are a child of God and they recognize the fact because of your water baptism that you choose to serve the living God but the next one which I believe is very powerful it's number four a burial it is a burial And I'm saying this for a specific reason. Notice in the book of Romans, chapter 6, it is a burial. Why? Well, because sometimes I think people think that it's okay just to sprinkle a baby, and that means they've been baptized. I worked with that when I first got saved, because I was sprinkled as a baby. Well, if I were to say to you, I want you to bury this bone in the backyard, would that mean you would just get the bone and sprinkle a little bit of dirt on one part of it? What would that mean to you? You'd bury it under the ground. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. Notice, buried. Buried. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. In other words, remember when Jesus said, if a man will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The burial is death to self. When a person goes under the water, he's dead to self. When he comes up out of the water, he's alive to Christ. And he is under a divine mandate or obligation to do what? Walk in the newness of life. Notice that. Walk in the newness of life. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and this is very important, I believe, to all of us. Beginning at verse 11. I know it's not in your notes, but forgive me. 11 through 18. This is from the CEV, Contemporary English Version of the Bible. Don't forget... That you are Gentiles. In fact, you used to be called uncircumcised by those who take pride in being circumcised. At that time, you did not know about Christ. You were foreigners to the people of Israel and you had no part in the promises God had made to them. You were living in this world without hope and without God and you were far from God. But Christ offered his life's blood as a sacrifice and brought you near God. Christ has made peace between Jews and Gentiles. He has united us by breaking down the wall of hatred that separated us. Christ gave his own body to destroy the law of Moses with all its rules and commands. He even brought Jews and Gentiles together as though we were only one person when he united us in peace. On the cross, Christ did away with our hatred for each other. He also made peace between us and God by uniting Jews and Gentiles in one body. Christ came and preached peace to you Gentiles who were Far from God and peace to us Jews who were near God. And because of Christ, all of us can come to the Father by the same Spirit. So, in other words, when you went down under the water, whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, or whether you were a bigot, a racist, someone who was prejudiced, And the list goes on and on. No matter what you were when you went under the water, when you come up out of the water, there's no more hatred. There's no more racism. There's no more prejudice. There's no more this, no more that, or the other thing looking down upon somebody else or thinking that we're better than somebody else. He took, praise God, from one pool of blood and made us all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hallelujah. There's no more Jew or Gentile. There's no more male or female or bond or free. We are one in Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. And the world needs to hear it. And there wouldn't be any more prejudice. There wouldn't be any more racism. There wouldn't be any of these other things that we face in life today that brings planes into buildings and the like. Can you say amen? amen? So when you get buried this morning, you're coming up out of the water. Walk in the newness of life. No hatred. Just love people as he loved us. Praise God. No discrimination. No skin color. No ethnicity or anything of that nature. All right, next one. It's an expression of our belief in Christ. An expression of our belief. In Mark's Gospel chapter 16, notice in verse 15, this is the great commission before he went back to heaven. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned notice he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved so in other words the criteria is to believe or believe not of course the choice is still in individuals you can believe but if you believe praise god then obviously you can be baptized yes there's different forms of baptism There is baptism into the body of Christ. There's baptism in water. And there's baptism in the Holy Ghost. So when you're baptized into the body of Christ, that's by the Spirit of God. He's the baptizer. When you're baptized in water, that's the minister who baptizes you. You're being baptized in water. When you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, Jesus says, I'm the one who baptizes you in the Holy Ghost with fire. So they have three baptisms, three baptizers. Water baptism, though, is a an expression of our faith in God now there was an individual on a day like this this is true, this is literal and I guess you could say that his wife was probably sitting on one of the front pews here and he went down under the water and when he came up out of the water he looked at her and says I hope you're satisfied does that constitute a true baptism? I would say not Because you see, it's a matter of the heart. It's an expression of one's faith. One does not get baptized because somebody else wants them to, or twists their arm to, or maybe even threatens them if they don't. No, it's a matter of our faith. It's a matter of expressing the fact that I love God. And I'm thankful for what Jesus did for me. And if all he asked me to do is to celebrate his supper and be baptized in water, what a small thing I can do for the one who went to a cross and suffered and died and shed his blood and bore the penalty of my sin, sickness, disease, became the curse for me and my mental anguish and was raised from the dead after paying my sin debt that I could never, never pay in 200,000 years, could never, never, never repay in a lifetime or forever. And all He asked me to do is to express my love for Him by honoring Him and following His example, be baptized in water. Okay, next. And there are more, many, but here's another one. It's an outward expression or of an inward work of grace. It's an outward manifestation of an inward work of grace. So, a person who's been born again has the life and nature of God on the inside of them. But the way that they begin to express that or communicate that to other people is by immediately just getting baptized in water. When I first got saved, I struggled with this because I was sprinkled as a baby. And to be honest with you, uh, when I first got saved, I had no teaching. I didn't sit in a church somewhere where I was taught about these principles with regard to water baptism. And so I warred with it. And so I... Tried to find out for myself, and I called the 700 Club, like a lot of people did back in the 70s. You know, I got saved in 76. So I thought I would talk to a counselor there, or a prayer partner there. And I got a prayer partner and counselor, and asked, you know, uh, I was baptized as a baby. I was sprinkled with water. Uh, Now that I'm a Christian, I'm born again, you know, should I be baptized in water? And she said to me, what do you think? And I said to her, that's why I called you. you. In my heart, I I knew the answer. I did. I knew the answer. I didn't want to in any way displease God. And I thought, how in the world can being sprinkled as a baby, you know, make me a Christian who expressed my faith in Christ? So I got baptized in water. And I won't go through that scenario again because, uh, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't want to go down that path. But anyhow, it was ice water with scum on the top of it. And when I came up out of the water, I looked like the scum that was in the water. And, but anyhow, I thank God I was a scum on the outside, but I was the righteousness of God on the inside. <laughs> All right. Who should be baptized is the next question we're going to answer. Who should be baptized? Well, I'm, 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 yeah, who should be baptized? Anyone who professes faith in Jesus Christ should be baptized. doesn't matter who you are. You should be baptized. Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 40, th- 37 through 41. Uh, when they heard this, this is Peter preaching on the day of pe- uh, Pentecost. He's in Jerusalem, and he's preaching before all these people, these Jews that are there, they came together for the Feast of Pentecost. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And so after he got done with his message, they were baptized immediately. In other words, they didn't have to go through a long 12 recourse as to why they should be baptized and learn all these different things. They were immediately baptized. So as soon as a person gets saved, get baptized in water. That's why the water that I got baptized in was so scummy. Because you see, they kept the water in there and he actually admitted to me we haven't changed that water in a year. Think about it. Your bath water for a year. And then, who wants to be the first one to take a bath? (sighs) Because you see, when someone got saved around their altar, they dunked them. The moment they got saved, you're going into water. Period. Okay? Now, who... (laughs) Let me look at some other examples. Look look in the book of Acts for these different examples. Chapter uh, 8 and verse 12. This is uh, Philip in the city of Samaria. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God... And the name of Jesus Christ, they went through a 12-week course. And then finally, he got them baptized because they were qualified. No, they were baptized, both men and women, immediately they were baptized. And then also in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, this is Paul the Apostle, verses 17 and 18. Ananias went his way. Now remember, this is a criminal. This is someone who's killing Christians. This is a lunatic. This guy is out there zealous, thinking that he's doing God a service, but he's killing Christians and having them beheaded and all that. And nice went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, that's Saul at the time. Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. So in other words, it wasn't even a, a moment later. He just went straight off to be baptized. I'm sure in the river somewhere. Alright, the next one in Acts chapter 10, this is the house of Cornelius and here after preaching the message, actually during preaching the message, the how, the spirit of the Lord fell upon the whole household of Cornelius and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues and prophesied and all that and Peter finally says, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we next verse actually says, and they were all they went and they got baptized. So Immediately, all these individuals are getting baptized after they get saved. But then, also look at the Acts chapter nineteen, because this is like twenty years later that this happens. Paul, of course, is traveling to the coast of Ephesus and Corinth, and he sees certain ones that he thinks are believers there. He said to them, "Under what then were you baptized?" And they said, "Under John's baptism." Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that thou should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Or when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So, in actuality, a person gets baptized in water, you can do it right after you accept Christ as your Savior. Immediately. There's no need to go through any lengthy thing uh, at all. Just get saved and get baptized in water immediately. Okay, then when? When she won't be baptized? Acts chapter 8, verses 36 to 38. As they went on their way, they came into a certain water. This is the eunuch that Philip saw. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, the moment he did that, look what happens. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now you might think, Okay, he baptized him immediately, getting him off of his chariot, off of his horse, right into the water, immediately, that maybe he spent some time, you know, sharing with him and teaching him about Jesus. No, the Bible says the Holy Ghost caught him away and he was t- translocated somewhere else. And the man was left to himself. So, who should be baptized? Anyone that confesses faith in Christ Jesus our Lord should be baptized. And when should they be baptized? Immediately. But now notice this. Not as an infant. I'm going to give you reasons why. Not as an infant. Okay? Uh, number one, an infant cannot believe, cannot confess, at all, Jesus. And they cannot repent, as the scriptures teach us, with regard to water baptism. They can't confess, they can't believe, they can't repent. So, if that's the case, then how can a child be baptized? Another reason, Jesus never baptized a baby. Another reason, the apostles never baptized a baby. We find nowhere in scripture, in the gospels, anywhere, where a child was baptized in water at all it never happened and then you kind of wonder well how is it then we in our circles we have some that do this thinking that that is a scriptural way well look at the last one it absolutely in my opinion contradicts the gospel message of salvation by grace through faith how can a child believe Salvation is by grace through faith, which means I've got to believe something to activate the grace of God in my life. And someone might say, well, that's a parent doing it for them. Really? You know, when Andrew was first born, he couldn't suck, swallow, or breathe, and I couldn't do it for him. Neither could Krista. I couldn't eat for him. And you know what? You can't eat for somebody either. You can't exercise for somebody either. Can you say amen? It's up to us as an individual to get to a place where we can exercise faith in the grace of God that brings salvation to our lives. So it's impossible for an infant to do that, which is why we wait until they're at an age of accountability when they can confess or they can repent and they can accept Jesus Christ into their heart. So it contradicts the gospel message of salvation by grace through faith if we think that sprinkling a child constitutes water baptism, which is why, obviously, I made a decision when I was born again to get baptized in water. On my own. Because I knew it was the right thing to do. If it's the outward sign of an inward work of grace. Well then the inward work of grace has to take place first. And then it becomes an outward sign. Okay. Why should a person be baptized? Well first and foremost. It's because it's an ordinance. It's a decree. It is a law. Commandment. Handed down to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Who commanded them to teach. To teach. And also the baptized. And notice it's all nations, all people groups. No one is left out. Everyone should be baptized once they give their heart to Jesus. Secondly, it's a matter of obedience and disobedience. In James 4 and verse 17, it tells us that if we know to do good and we don't do it, to that person it is sin. And I've heard people say, well, I've been a Christian for 10 years, but I've never been baptized in water. And what are the reasons why you haven't been baptized in water? I've heard many reasons. Well, I don't really want to get my hair wet. Some guy said, (laughs) Mark here, he he said, no, no, (laughs) we won't go gender on on that, but um, someone didn't want to get their hair wet. And and I can understand this, that someone might be um, somewhat gun shy as far as being in front of people. But you know what, when you think about what Jesus did for all of us, and what he's asked us to do, which is so small, just the Lord's Supper and and communion, and then also be baptized in water, you kind of wonder, why wouldn't we want to do what he said to do? And if you think about the benefits of it when you come up out of that water, you've just pleased your Father so much, it's beyond words. The heavens opened, the Spirit of God fell. In other words, you're stepping into another dimension because you're stepping into a realm of obedience. You're obeying God. And not to do so is an act of disobedience. For whatever the reason might be, I'm disobeying God. I'm not doing what He told me to do. And it's the small things. Think about it. What, all can, we, what can we all do? What, anything that we can possibly do just to show our love for Him. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what was the commandment? Be baptized in water. Make a public Uh, confession of your faith in me because I publicly shame myself on a cross for you where I hung naked in front of my accusers and the whole world to see you talk about not wanting to be public but there he was on that tree for all to see and all he says is now look Get baptized and let everybody know I love Jesus. I love Jesus. So in conclusion, uh, we're not to take water baptism lightly. There are some countries that if you get baptized in water, which basically shifts your belief system from one religion to another, it could mean your death. In some places, did you know uh, that if you are a Christian and it's known that you're a Christian, you die, your loved one dies, you're not permitted to bury their body on the soil. You've got to keep them in your house and let them decompose there. Why? Because it contaminates their ground, which they consider holy. And they don't want it to be desecrated. Think about that. We live in this Western culture where we have all things. But imagine going through something like that. Also, and this is something that, it just was appalling to me when I thought about this. I read this little testimony, how a person who was living in a, and again, different culture. I will name the cultures, but in this different culture. And they noticed that he was, for some reason, not praying five times a day, every day, while he was on the job. And so they gave him a little bit of time as they observed his life, and they saw he's not praying like we're praying. He used to, but he's not doing it anymore. Something is wrong here. And so what did they do? They confronted him. And he said to them, I'm not doing it because I have become a Christian. To persuade him to turn back to his religion... They cut off his arms. Now will you turn back? And that was his livelihood, of course, you can imagine. And he said, no. As a matter of fact, he publicly got baptized in water and said before all, I won't change, I'll never change I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord, and I will serve Him with my life, with no arms or whatever. It doesn't matter. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, it goes from cutting off your arms to beheading you. So you see, we have no idea. We have no clue what it means to really make a sacrifice when it comes to our faith. And sometimes I think we take things for granted too much in this country. But I'll tell you what, if you lived in some of those countries and you had that happen, it would make you think twice. It's not just being in prison. In some cases, they die. Other cases, you know, you can't bear their bodies. In this case, he lost his arms. In other words, it didn't matter. It's worth dying for because he died for me. So I don't know about you, but I believe that if he gave his life for me, then we need to give our lives for Him. And if it means whatever it means, and it doesn't matter. We're going to obey Him and do what He's asked us to do. And we're going to demonstrate to Him that we want to please Him. And for you candidates that are here today being baptized in water, we just want you to know that we all support you. We want you to know that we're here for you. And that we, when you go under that water, you, once again, you know what's happening. You're dying to self. You're dying to self. When you come out of that water, it's not a one-time thing. It may be a one-time baptism. You're saying, I choose to live for Jesus Christ. I want to be a shining light in this world in which I live. I am burying anything I stood for before, no matter what. If it's racism, discrimination, prejudice, doesn't matter if you're, you know, say socially accepted or not accepted. It doesn't matter. It's all under the water. It's all buried. You buried it all. Along with it, all your sins, Anything else that you've done to displease God in any way, it's all buried. Think about that. And when you come up out of that water, no wonder there's a joy unspeakable that's full of glory. You've got joy in your heart like a river, praise God, because you know that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. And you're living a new lifestyle, one that promotes the kingdom of God. Everywhere you go and all that you do with thought in word and deed, you're honoring Him because of the life that He lived and the death that He died for you. So, you could say, it's also a form of identification. You no longer identify with who you were, but you identify with who you are in Christ. And in Him, you live. In Him, you move. And in Him, you have your being. In Him, you're more than a conqueror. In Him, you're a world overcomer. And in Him, you love as He loved you. In Him, you have perfect peace, praise God. In Him, you have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption you buried your righteousness in that pool and you came up, praise God the righteousness of God in Christ you set aside all your wisdom and all your knowledge and intellect and now you have the mind of Christ and you hold the thoughts and the feelings and the purpose of his heart praise God, you put your sickness under there he gave you health, his help, when you came up out of that water you put all your emotions and mental anguishes under that water and when you came up you came up, praise God with the mind of Christ, hallelujah it's all buried it's all the past it's all forgiven it's all under the blood thank god now you're alive to him and you're going to serve him all the days of your life can you say amen this is what water baptism is all about and so thanks be to god that we can come and honor him and also let other people know i'm serving jesus with my life forever amen praise god hi pastor bill here i want to thank you for joining us today